Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Welcome to episode 300 of Hobby Addicts. And today we will be doing nothing special for it. I am your host, Mitsugi, and I love you anyway. <laughs> and I'm joined by Mason and Caroline. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well on this very unspectacular milestone episode. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, yeah, pretty much.、Uh, I barely had anything to talk about, and I threw something in at the very end. So if you were expecting something of even above average quality, Sadly mistaken, friends. All right, well, way to set the expectation for our magnificent 300th episode of Hobby Addicts. So, today on Hobby Addicts, I am going to be talking about Resident Evil The Village as I clean up games in preparation for a very long marathon of Horizon Forbidden West next week. I'm hoping to play, I'm going to say, at least 20 hours of Horizon Forbidden West next week. Monday through Sunday. So we'll see.、Uh, Caroline's going to talk about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I swear we talked about this already. I talked about this years ago. Yeah. So because the fourth season just came out and it's been like three years since the last one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all the, I feel like so many of these, like, So, so many shows have, this, have titles that sound identical. I don't know why.、Um, and Icarus, which I don't know what that is except to Greek mythologies. We'll have to see. I also had a cat. No,、in. it's not about that. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Is it about my old Maine Coon that died? Because I had a Maine Coon named Icarus.、Uh, anyway. no, no, sadly. And Mason's going to talk about the Cuphead show, which, which is where pe- people watch other people be bad at the game Cuphead. So that'll、hmm. be fun. If only. All right. Well, I'm going to start because it's video games. So、yeah. I got Resident Evil The Village, which I borrowed from a co worker on disc, which is very weird to play things on disc.、Um, but、uh, I grabbed it up. And this game came out not that long ago. So it's, it's, a,、mm, it's not quite a year old. It came out May 7th, 2021. It's on pretty much everything except the Switch. So you can, most people can play it. It's on PC, it's on PlayStation, et cetera. So, and this is the latest installment in the Resident Evil franchise, which I talked about last week. And、um, you can just kind of call Resident Evil 8, the village Resident Evil 8. I mean, it pretty much is. And it, Follows directly after the events of Resident Evil 7, believe it or not, which is that, the one which, where you play as Ethan and it's, a, it's the VR game that、uh, you can play in VR or you can not play it in VR. I, I played it in VR and I almost shit my pants. So that was pretty interesting. And、um, it's just a strange game. Like, this is a very, a very weird game for people who have been playing Resident Evil. People that are my age and have played most of the Resident Evil games, I just feel like won't. I feel like won't gravitate towards this game, and I'll tell you why here.、Um, you know, I hear people talking in my office in the past, people on the Discord talk, and there's some general like, positive thoughts about Resident Evil The Village, although I feel like a lot of people are either not that acquainted with Resident Evil as a franchise or haven't really, or are just younger and more adaptable to, to like, different things, which is not me.、Um, <clears throat> and so this game starts off right after Resident Evil, where you play like, in the bayou. As Ethan.、Um, and 
it's it feels very similar to the last game. It's a first person shooter, which is first of all totally bizarre for Resident Evil. You know, you're talking about a franchise that was from third person perspective pretty much since the first game came out like over 20 years ago. So it's pretty weird to be playing a game in VR in, uh, in first person view on a Resident Evil, you know. It's similar to how Final Fantasy was turn-based for fucking 30 years and then all of a sudden it was like every, everything they did everything in their power to not be turn-based even though Resident Evil or even though Final Fantasy uh what is it Final Fantasy 15 is just a steaming pile of dog shit um Resident Evil the village is it's not a steaming pile of dog shit but it's very bizarre first of all there's not there's really no zombies in the game which is really odd um but Resident Evil the last one that they made didn't have zombies either um you start off in this village trying to get your baby back. They take your baby from you, which is like, first of all, already weird. And it's werewolves. So there's like werewolves in this village and you're like, you know, shooting at them and you end up getting taken to this castle, which is run by this like giant woman who people have seen online, Lady Demescu or whatever her name is. And there's a ton of porn of her online because everybody has to like loot everything even though she's like this like 12 foot tall weird woman dressed in like white Victorian clothing that is anything but scary. She's just like almost like clown like to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you guys know who I'm talking about. And um, even if you haven't played this game, you probably have seen her. And the game is just like not very, I don't feel like it's very good. It's just, it's not scary remotely. Um, it mostly consists of you running around trying to solve little puzzles and trying to turn all of the all of the rooms on your map blue, which means that you collected all the items in the room. And the game just doesn't it just lacks horror elements. You know, I feel like I'm gonna shit on this game for most of it, although I'd say at this point it's about a six out of ten for me. Um, but you know, and uh, you just travel from room to room and then occasionally the big giant lady will like pop out of a door and start like chasing you and you run around and there's almost no enemies at all in the first you know other than being attacked by werewolves at the very beginning there's almost no enemies to speak of for the first two or three hours of this game it's it's almost like i described it as have you guys ever played the game mist nope a little bit of it yeah so mist is like this game where there's no real enemies you just kind of walk around and like solve little puzzles and, um, you know, in, in like a mysterious sort of setting. And it's a first person game where you just walk around and you kind of figure out how to get from this place to this place. You know, you solve this puzzle here, it opens up a door, you get an item, you take this item somewhere else. That's like what Resident Evil The Village is like, which is a complete detraction from prior Resident Evil games. The games always had puzzles in them, but the puzzles would require you to traverse the map back and forth many times, and in the course of traveling back and forth, you would have to fight countless enemies, and the environment would change sometimes. Um, you know, there'd be an enemy there that was never there before, and so, like, the the act of moving back and forth across the map to solve, to, uh, to just one at a time, you know, open doors and get these puzzles solved wasn't itself difficult because you would continuously have to fight through enemies that would d- deplete your resources. This game is really weird because they want you to do that, but at the same time, there's it's almost like a horror movie where like you'll see a horror movie where 
you know, somebody will walk through a room and like a picture on the wall will move and you're like, Ooh, the wolf, the picture moved. Oh my God. But like, you know, in these, in like horror movies that you watch, they pretty much just like start off by just like having little things in the room moving or a shadow will move past a window or some shit. And then like at the end of the movie stuff, stuff starts to happen. And that's like how most horror movies are. This game is the same way. They take all the enemies out and you're walking through this castle and you're, you know, Oh, I got to put this, this key in this, I, I got to take this key that I found, open this door. And then, in, and then in this door, there's an item that I take all the way to the other side of the castle. So I had to like put a candle in a chandelier or some shit. And as you're walking back and forth, there's really nothing to attack you or scare you other than the fact that the environment is a little eerie and like a rocking chair will move or something. And to me, I'm just like, well, this is really not doing it for me because it's just, I almost know you almost just know nothing's going to happen. And then, you know, the big lady will come out and chase you and which is stupid. So, um, <laughs> and then, and then in the second phase of the game, and I won't talk past this part because this is pretty much as far as I am at the moment, you're, you get this key and this big, this like merchant guy who sells you items explains that, well, you're going to have to get from like one, you know, you're going to have to go to these other, these three other places and defeat these, 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 you know, evil people or whatever to collect this item that I won't spoil. Uh, and then like, so the second area is like this doll maker. She's like this doll maker. And I guess the guy who made this game thought dolls were really scary. So like they're really leaning on like the Annabelle bullshit. So there's like this whole two hour section of the game where you have no weapons at all. And you literally just pancake loved it because like I told her, I'm like, I have no weapons. The only thing they can possibly do to me in this game is literally just like make rocking chairs move like i'm supposed to be afraid of this ghost in this room or be or or they might chase me and i might have to run but there will be no enemies appearing that need to be defeated because i have no weapons and so once you realize that the game isn't remotely scary it's like uh it's you know it's it it makes the game totally one-dimensional and you're at the point where you are just solving puzzles which is what i did for two straight hours but there were not a, not a single bullet fired in this whole section of the game. And lo and behold, nothing attacked me except one enemy that was just chasing. And you weren't really supposed to fight it. You were just supposed to run away from it and go through some air from door and then progress. And, and, um, and then at the end, you, you fight a, a, a fucking possessed doll and like stab a pair of scissors in its forehead. And that's like the boss fight. And it's like, um, you know, I really miss, I really, after playing Resident Evil 3, the remake, like just last week, um, it's far better than Resident Evil: The Village. I mean, it's not even actually quite. It's not even all that close, you know. Oh yeah, I mean that's kind of the consensus that I've heard as well. But well, pe- especially playing them back to back made that very obvious. Well, people hate Resident Evil Three. It got shit on back in the day, and then they shit on it again when the third one came out. I mean, I bet you Resident Evil Three has. It probably has worse ratings online than The Village does. I mean, I'm just gonna look this up real quick. Resident Evil Three, the remake has a 79 Metascore. score. And Resident Evil The Village has an 84. So there you go. Because it's, it's not two. It's easier to compare three to two and be like, oh, it, it did so much worse. Well, Compared to its parents, whereas The Village is so its own thing and new and VR and like, oh, they're trying to branch out. And it has big, sexy vampire lady. That's enough to give it. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely not sexy. <laughs> I like how like she was like such a major part of the God. like promotion of the game. Yeah. And yeah, no spoiler. She's not in the game very long. Mm-mm. Have you played so, this, Mason? 
Uh, nope, because Resident Evil is scary. Oh, yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. She's probably in the first 15% of the game, and that's about it, because surprise, surprise, you know, you, you fight her and she dies, um, which is not really a spoiler. And I can't actually even spoil this game, because I'm about five hours into it, and I have no fucking clue what this game's about, because there's literally no story. All they did was, like, take your baby from you, and the baby is important for some reason, but they don't explain why yet. So I, I really don't know why. Um, but like this game, it's not, it's nowhere near, it's not even in the same fucking galaxy as Resident Evil 2's remake. It's not as good as Resident Evil 3's remake. And I just wonder why they feel like they need to take this franchise and do the, and give it the Final Fantasy treatment, which is like, we're bored of making money. So we're just going to like keep experimenting until we fail. Um, you know, I don't know because. As far as I can tell, Resident Evil two and three both sold like more than five million copies apiece, which make them which make them mega hits. And so there was really no reason to deviate into like this first person nonsense. Um, but other than the fact that I think I'm just an old man and I would rather them just do what they've been doing forever, and then they feel like the newer younger people will probably want to play something that's different. You know, I I can't really uh, put my finger on it exactly, but. And then surprise, surprise, like I dislike this game for the most part. Um, I think the last Resident Evil would have been bad flat out if it hadn't been in, if it hadn't been in VR. That was quite good, actually. And, you know, and the recent Final Fantasy games also aren't good, in my opinion. I think they're they're largely disappointing. Uh, but uh, so I don't know. Resident Evil, the village. I mean, it's the graphics are good. The gameplay is fine. I mean, it's just a shooter. I mean, you're pretty much just like running up to an enemy, shooting its shotgun right in its chest. It'll die. You pick up an item. You keep going. You know, you might if an enemy's slow, you might back away from it and just aim to try to get headshots with a weaker weapon so you don't waste your shotgun ammo. And that's pretty much like the extent of this game, except for being lost, tremendously lost because the village is very maze-like and the map is terrible. Um, but I'd probably pass on this game, you know. I, I'm playing it because I've been playing Resident Evil since I was 10 years old, and I've played almost every, pretty much every game in the franchise to completion, and I feel like I need to play this one too because I don't want to have a, a hole in my experiences. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just not very good, and I really hope that they take Resident Evil 4's remake and they do it in the style of Resident Evil 2, and God, please don't let it be anything like this one. Um, but I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll. I think it'll be a first-person title, and uh, or I think it'll be like a third-person shooter, and that'll be fine. So, but Resident Evil: The Village, I'm gonna finish it um, probably this week before I get to my marathon of Horizon next weekend. But I don't expect it to be all that interesting. So, oh, that's a bummer. But yeah, I definitely agree. There's no way they're gonna mess too much with the formula of four. Yeah, well, that would be a, that would be like them fucking up the second game. I think the second game, the first, second, and the fourth game are sacred, pretty much. Like, they can't fuck with them. Like, they are unfuckable. <laughs> so, you know. But then I again, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake made a bunch of changes, and well, one could argue that was better for it. That's true. It would been, they did a really nice job with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was, um, you know, it was... You know, I played, I beat that game twice, so it was, uh, it was definitely enjoyable, and I can't wait for the next installment. So, I don't know. There is an there is an element of execution, as you might, as you say. You know, like 
they changed Final Fantasy VII's remake, but it still was great because the execution was really was really well done. I just don't think the execution on the village is very good. I think that it's it plays like a really mediocre first person shooter. It doesn't resemble Resident Evil at all. There's absolutely just hairline traces of anything that would tie it to the franchise at this point. And um, and I really dislike Ethan. He can go fuck right off. He's not he's not cool <laughs> interesting at all. There you so, go. You heard what he said, Ethan. Every Ethan Leave. listening Don't right listen now, anymore, Mitsuki Ethan. says yeah. to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ethan's not a very good name anyway. I mean, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. I feel bad for anybody named Ethan. Well, speaking of Ethan, that is the son of Mar- uh, Mrs. Maisel. No, it's not. Oh, yes, that's yes, segue. his name is Ethan. What the? F- is he, is he, is, is it, does he lament that his name is Ethan? No, he hardly ever talks in the show, and honestly... Like he's 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 like an afterthought. It's almost as if the show knows Classic he's an afterthought Ethan. because he they give him like zero personality other than being the child. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Well, we'll 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 move on to that then. I'll just say one last thing is that next week I promise we'll talk about Horizon Forbidden West from a person who platinumed and loved the first game. So I have very high expectations for the second game, and I will do everything I can to give a good like comprehensive discussion on that next weekend but it will we, either be a glowing review or you will burn it to the ground <laughs> well, or it'll get two hours and then be like ah, i need more time <laughs> i just hope I, I just hope aloy doesn't lean over someone and ask to have their kittens because that would be just too much and too strange so imagine if somebody did not see a jobless reincarnation and would have no idea what you were talking about we were really f- fucking stunned last night when we were <laughs> Watching that. I was like, what is going Honestly, on? Honestly, stunned is the word that I would use to yeah. describe my experience of watching the show yeah, as well. Yeah, and uh, we'll be talking about that at length later on. But mm-hmm. Caroline, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and her son, Ethan. Well, yeah. Well, Ethan's barely a character, so it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Ethan's yes. spinoff win. <laughs> um, so I watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, starting years ago when the first season came out, and it is good. It's funny. It has a lot of, uh, you know, the period style of like the the 50s and 60s. And oh, my God, the outfits are just ugh, I love the outfits. <laughs> When's that um, but- style coming back? I know. I mean, Retro those kind of in. skirts, those kind of dresses and skirts with the poof and the in the material, they are expensive nowadays, but whatever. Oh, I'm sure. Anyway, sorry. Anywho, so um, in case nobody knows what the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is all about, basically it's about a woman named uh, Miriam Maisel. You know, her friends and family call her Midge. Uh, she's married to Joel Maisel, and you know, at the start they have a great relationship. Joel wants to be a comedian, so they go on like these um, open comedy nights and all that stuff. The only thing is, is that uh, Miriam Maisel is far funnier than Joel is and then she finds out that uh, Joel is cheating on her and she gets really angry very drunk goes up on stage on an open comedy night and uh, blows the roof off that place also gets arrested um, yeah I forget why she gets arrested quite a few times in the show actually um, for multitude of reasons but uh, yeah so basically it is her story of becoming a woman comedian in a time and place that is not exactly very favorable to women comedians or comedians in general really um, so it's it's funny and it just came out for the fourth season um, on Friday like this last Friday and I think in the past they've put out the entire season. It's on Amazon Prime, by the way. I think they put out the entire season all at once, but at least I believe they did. 
And but this time around for season four, they're doing it two episodes per week, which is an interesting mm, approach. Yeah. But um, it's fine. But it's been like three years since season three, so it's been quite a while. Um, and so I decided to sit down and watch the first two episodes on Friday, and I have to say it is still enjoyable. However, Miriam has been getting very grating throughout these seasons. Like, she keeps on becoming not as pleasant of a character. Mm. Um, And honestly, sometimes her comedy sets are not the funniest part of the show. It's actually like her... um, I feel like her manager is the funnier person in the show, to be honest. We get way more laughs out of her than we do for Miriam. So Um, I definitely agree with your two points. So I have not been following the show. I dropped the show somewhere like halfway through season two because, as you said, the main character just became so like just irritating, irritating (laughs) and just you couldn't stand her. And the show revolves around her and the comedy in the show was never when actual comedy, quote-unquote, was taking place. When someone was on stage performing comedy, the show was, like, at its worst. When it was just, like, banter, that's when it was actually, like, clever and witty and fun. And it was... Eventually, I just fell out of favor. So I'm curious to see how it's been holding up over the years. Well, for one thing, I feel like Miriam has... Like, she has way more of a potty mouth nowadays, and it feels really strange coming out of her, you know? Um, Like, over the course of the show, she becomes a little bit more uh, free with how she uh, expresses herself, which is all fine and good. And I'm not saying, like, oh, like, uh, you shouldn't be cursing or whatever. You do you. But it feels like they rely so heavily on her saying fuck Fuck. and shit and everything in between. It it becomes like, okay, that's not funny. That's just you cursing, you know? But isn't fuck a great word? It's, it is when it's used in a good, it's, it's like you said, Mitsugi, it needs that good execution. Yes. It has, (laughs) it has much versatility. Yes, yes. I appreciate it. Okay. It's a good tool, but you need to know how to use it. And unfortunately, it feels like Miriam does not know how to use it. She just says fuck all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um and 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 yeah, there I would say that it isn't as good as the first season or two, but I'm still going to continue it. I mean, there are some really great moments in the show that are still very much enjoyable, but Miriam is like these like she's all she was already spoiled. Like she's like a very very rich person living on the Upper West Side from the beginning and used to having, um, you know, very nice clothes and having you know, all, you know, and she expects that from life. And then she here she has her, her manager who's like bottom of the barrel, like basically scraping it. Um, and she doesn't really care. She, she, she just takes life as it goes. But here was Miriam complaining over like she got a stain on her skirt when, uh, this uh, her manager, this lady, can hardly pay her rent. So it's like that kind of juxtaposition. It's kind of like, okay, Miriam, you can shut up a little bit. It's a very but, rough, um, it's a rough name, Miriam. That's like a. That's why they call her Midge. Yeah, I mean, Miriam is a dead name. Is it like no one? No, I have a coworker named Miriam. Maybe I'm wrong. It's like you also this, have a coworker named Reginald and Dorothy. Yeah. And I mean, I do have a coworker named Reg. I don't know if his full name is Reginald. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Maybe he just likes Made in Abyss. Mabel, like mate, like Mabel. Yeah, like, is your like cube mate, cube mate, cube mates like wearing like a an old white flower dress from like 1912, and her <laughs> her name's Mabel. Well, take it take it into account that that this show is set in the 50s and 60s. Oh, well, that's true. Fair enough. So there's Good a point. reason that. Uh, 
you know, well, Miriam's still a name that people have. I'm not saying that. It's just like that's more common back then, I guess. Um, so that is my current thoughts on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. As much as it sounds like I'm not enjoying it, I do like the show. It's just that Midge is getting way too much for me sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and like some of the like realism and like grounded stuff, like they put so much effort into making it all like period piece authentic, and like it captures what I perceive the nostalgic vibe to be so well. But then the characters are so just unreasonable at times. Yeah, You're like oh my goodness, why are you doing this? Oh, and then there's like the stuff that happens at the end of the third season and what they're dealing with in the fourth season. It's like things are going wrong and nobody can fix it. It's like they keep on making these awful yeah. mistakes. Like they're starting to, uh, I won't like give away too much, but they're basically trying to lie to the insurance company and they are so bad at it. <laughs> well, they're going uh, to jail then, I guess. I mean, well, uh, they had to do a favor for the uh, for the insurance man, and then uh, they kind of got out of it. They but. did a favor. Yeah, mm. a favor. It's One like of the characters. Dick? I'm not saying who. Um, <laughs> Is it like sexual favors? I mean, I'm asking a serious question. Like, no. <laughs> a sexual it? favor. But it seems like they don't mind it because they were like, oh, okay. It was a oh, sexual no. favor? Yeah, it was a sexual oh, favor. He sucked his dick. I can't believe it. Yep. <laughs> Well, oh, not, I okay. I won't say it. who it is, but it's not—it's not Maisel, and it's not uh, her manager. I'll say that. Is but this, this, honestly, this, I probably sh- what? This is the only time in history I have to take a moment. Okay, this is the only time in history I—I I make a lewd comment like that, and I'm actually right, and Caroline does not react because she knew so, you were right. Yeah. Yeah, because I've—I watched the show, and that, that's what. I, <laughs> I mean, She's like I saw the sexual favor. Like, Mitch, so what do you want? I'm, I'm not going to be shocked that you gave that uh, suggestion because that's what happened, and I watched it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I guess they, did, I guess it must have been a decent blowjob too, because I mean, they basically have a sexual relationship right now going forward. Oh wow! <laughs> Hell yeah! High five! Big, Good she, job. She must have sucked. His, she must have seen his dick, and it probably flopped out like a log. And she was like, "Man, there might be, there must be more to this than I thought." <sighs> I will say no more than that <laughs> because a log flops out of his pants. Okay, um, <laughs> moving on. Sorry. Should I get into Icarus or, or Mason? Yeah, Do you want to sure. share your cuphead um, show? I think we're going to cover every, all everything, so I don't think it really matters. I, it in order. depends. Do you want a break? If not, go right into Icarus. All right, let's start with Icarus then. Okay, so I I'm surprised that you haven't heard about this one, Mitsuki, or maybe you have and you just didn't realize it. But maybe it is a documentary that came out like four or five years ago. It's on Netflix. Um, and it's about the doping scandal of uh, Russian athletes at the Olympics. Oh, my God. I well, got a couple words to say about this. Sort of, but yeah. not really. Yeah, because at first it was... Okay, so in the beginning, this was like a documentary uh, following you know this one guy who wanted to see how to break or, or how to defeat these doping tests based on what Lance Armstrong did. Like, and he, mm. you know, he was like, how did this happen? So basically he contacts, you know, a few different doctors, one of them being uh, a Russian uh, anti-doping scientist. Uh, and they per, like, they put together a, a protocol or like a, a, a treat or a plan for him to follow with these doping uh not uh, what, what, I, I can't I can't talk, but it, basically he they're doping him up, and he's going to see how these pa- how these tests work and all that, and and he's a cyclist, I guess, so basing that on how well he does in this race. Um, so that's how it starts, 
And then they find, and that's when the story breaks about the Russian doping scandal back in like 2014 or something like that. Uh, and the scientist, the Russian scientist, is implicated in it. In fact, he's uh, kind of considered the mastermind behind it. So he, he gets wrapped up in it, and they're trying to protect him because, you know, he, like, you know, he probably wasn't really doing it out of his own volition. So basically, they're just trying to avoid getting arrested by the uh, Olympic Committee and also to avoid getting killed by the Russians. Oh, they don't give a fuck. The Olympic, Com- the Olympic Committee doesn't care. Yeah, I know, but there was this whole investigation on them, so it's kind of like this yeah, back-and-forth sure. thing. So, yeah, um, I-, I can't say that I fully comprehend the documentary because, I don't know, I, I just I-, I just couldn't really figure out what was going on a lot of the time. I was watching it with my mother, and she's a nurse, so she had a little bit more of an understanding of what was going on. And also, she paid more attention to the scandal back when it was happening than I did. Uh, so she had a better understanding of what was going on. Uh, I, on the other hand, was kind of relying on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird documentary because it starts off purely just, hey, let let me try doping and prove that it's easy to like get around the test. Yeah. And it just so happens that the person he contacts and gets in league with like gets under extreme hot water and is like the head of the Russian like cheating federation and like the like the whole like scope of the documentary just kind of like shifts halfway through and it just becomes like you're just along for the ride. So it's just crazy that it happened at the same time. Yeah. But it is it does feel a little aimless with that because you don't really get like resolution to the first arc. You're just like, well, everything is all connected and everything sucks and it's kind of cool at yeah. the same time. So it's a fun little watch. It's like two hours long, I think. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I wish I could say more about it, but as I said before, I couldn't really fully comprehend all of it. They don't even give a fuck, honestly. Like, this year, the, R- Russia is such a disaster. Like, this year, they, well, first of all, Russia's already been sanctioned, and they can't even, like, call themselves Russia in the Olympics anymore because they, oh, yeah, because they, all they do is dope and cheat for years and years. And then, <laughs> and then this year, a girl got busted for doping again. Some girl, yeah. her, her name's, I don't remember what her name is. She's like a 15-year-old girl who's like the heavy favorite to win one of the ice skating events. And like she was on some heart medicine that has a side effect that makes your heart like, um, it, it, it makes your body more efficient at circulating oxygen or something so that you, it's just another form of doping. And so like she's, this girl gets busted for doping and then she's all like crying about it like as if she didn't, you know, as if she's not reaping what she sows. And then and then the Olympic Committee is like, they review it and they go, you know what, fuck it. We're going to let you skate anyway because we're unbelievably corrupt. You just know someone's... Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm not... Yeah. I, on the other hand, I won't really place too much blame on her because she is a 15-year-old under the direction of Russian coaches that are probably a little bit more sinister than, uh, you know our typical coach <laughs> um so and and probably pressured into doing it as well and she's only 15 years old so i don't really blame her too much on that but it's obvious that the entire russian almost the entire russian team is i mean let's be honest league with this nearly every olympian is doping to some extent they're all taking performance enhancing substances on various levels some more than others no doubt but it's it's kind of expected just like most professional athletes are just like most people who 
uh, are in these like highly paid, highly competitive endeavors. Yeah, but once it's proven that they are doping, it makes no sense to me why they're still allowed to skate. And if and, and I hear like for whatever reason, like the reasoning behind this is that like, well, she's only fifteen, so that rule doesn't apply to her. But like, if it doesn't apply to her, why is she able to be in the Olympics? If fifteen is too young to be following the rules, then fifteen is too young to be in the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, that's just the IOC being whatever it is. The, the only thing I can think of, honestly, is with like, and I know we're not now we're not even talking about your your, your documentary anymore, but it's like no, it's okay because I I honestly didn't really have much else to say. Uh, we could also talk about Olympics if you guys have been watching any of that. Well, I, wa- I want I, to be, but I haven't really. I watched, watched the it all fuck out of the Olympics every single night. I love the Olympics. Yeah. You know, the USA did pretty well. We got like fifth. Overall, which we never win the we never win the Winter Olympics. If you if you go back and look, we we pretty much win the Summer Olympics every time, but we we don't win the Winter Olympics really. Um, we're just not as good at like certain certain winter sports, and we just don't care about them. Like it seems like the Winter Olympics is such a like narrow scope, though. I think people don't a lot of people people don't watch the Winter Olympics as much as the Summer Olympics, even though I think the Winter Olympics has more interesting sports in it. It's certainly um, more dangerous sports. For sure. I, lo- I I shouldn't say this, but I love watching people crash. Like there were some vicious crash. <gasps> there were some vicious crashes on like uh like, on like the ski jump and stuff this year, you know, and uh alpine skiing when those guys crash, like they <laughs> they just slide forever. I mean, you're, they're going downhill like 90 <laughs> miles an hour. And so when you fall on ice going that fast, you just not, there's nothing there to stop you really. It's just crazy. But um well, it's it's on like ice too because it has to be so fast for them that yeah oh yeah it's uh it's It's just wild to see but there's really only like a handful of countries that even participate in the winter olympics because like there's just certain countries that just don't do these sports like you know there's uh there's no south american country no central american countries no caribbean countries really no, well, no, I feel like you could do basically, I feel like most of the sports in the Summer Olympics, you can do anywhere in the world yeah. with, you know, things like snowboarding and skiing. You need to have slopes to go to. Yeah, which is why it's so amazing that, like, Jamaica has a bobsled team, even though they're horrible, um, because, like, Jamaica is a tiny country. It's, a, I think, a per, pretty much a, a country that's poor for the most part. It's, you know, not there's not a lot of, like you know, wealth flying around. And then I don't know how they'd even put together a facility to even practice bobsledding. So it's like awesome. That Come on. There. You haven't watched cool runnings. Of course I've seen cool runnings, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, Jamaica's never going to win an Olympic medal. I don't think like they, uh, like most of the bobsleds, like, which I think is so cool. Um, and they fucking go so fast. The, uh, the like people will, the, you'll win by like a hundredth of a second. Like they, there is a maximum speed at which you can go through the bobsled course. You just, you take the perfect line the whole way down and then you factor in the weight of the people that are in the bobsled and there is a maximum speed, a best time you could possibly get. And so like people are winning by like, you know, a 10th of a second, a hundredth of a second and poor Jamaica, like they were like seven seconds behind the leader. <laughs> it's like seven seconds is like, is like yeah. is like running is like running uh, a, a mile and and just getting lapped like an entire lap like around the football field like some guy just blew you away. But um, I liked the bobsled because it 
or or all the, the like racing events because it reminds me of speed running because you don't watch the time you watch the little ticker above it that says like the plus or minus over mm-hmm. the run they need and that's what you're watching just like oh it's green screen screen they're doing well and then you see like one little wobble and then like plunges into the red and you're like oh no they fucked up they blew it oh no <laughs> <laughs> you watch i'm trying to get it back it's, it's so much fun i love it um my favorite and I'd be curious to hear what you guys say. My my favorite winter Olympic sport is. Well, I'm not really sure. You know, it's weird, but I really like watching the figure skating. Um, it's so it's yeah because that is incredibly difficult to do, but they make it look so easy. Oh my god, the uh, like the the ice dancing is they are fucking unbelievable. Like I can't believe <laughs> how good they are on ice skates. It's crazy, like. I can barely stand on a pair of ice skates. So like these people yeah. are like just doing insane stuff and people are like, oh, ice dancing, like, oh, you know, it doesn't sound very like intense to people. But like when you watch how the, the, the amount of agility that they have on those ice skates, it's fucking nuts. Like it's unfathomable to, to a certain extent. I just. And then there's speed I like skating, the like the speed skating stuff. Like it just looks so strange. They're, uh, posture and the way they move their arms. I don't know. It's just speed skating for whatever reason just always looks so strange to me. Do you like the short one or the long one? What uh, in terms of like the oh, length speed of the skating? Race? I don't know. I just there's, there's speed, speed skating, skating where it's like a short circle and then there's the longer one. There's two different know. events. I don't know what I was watching <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it was probably the short one where they're all like bunched together and going uh, lots of laps. Mm. What were you going to uh, say? Oh, I was going to... Before? I, yeah. I like biathlon. I think that one's such a unique sport. What is biathlon? That's the one where they cross-country ski, and then they have to stop and shoot a rifle. Yeah. That is so weird. It's, so, it's, it's like, such a weird concept. And yeah, then just the concept of like busting out like all this cardio, and then having to like calm down and make these shots. And like if you miss, you have to do more laps. Like that's uh, <laughs> that sounds so cruel. It's so punishing knowing like, oh, you, yeah. you missed by like an eighth of an inch. You have to do like 200 more meters or whatever it is. So I guess it's just testing your endurance and accuracy. Yep. The only the only bad thing about biathlon is that Norway always wins. They won 10 gold medals in biathlon this year. It's like a fucking joke. Like they're I mean, they just wreck shop. I mean, Didn't that's why that's why Norway always the Olympics. Norway always wins the Olympics because they just destroy everybody in biathlon. And there's so many different events that like if you look at the chart and you click on like Norway, they have like mm-hmm. 20 gold medals and they're almost all in biathlon. <laughs> it's like they need, it's so crazy like you know what I learned the other like day is that back in like 1928 or something like that, there was a demonstration Olympic sport called ski joring. The hell where is that? Bas- they, okay, so a person on skis is attached to a horse without a rider, mm-hmm. and they just go. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're basically they're being pulled by a horse what? on skis. Not the, the horse isn't on skis. You it are should on skis. be. <laughs> yeah, it should be on horse. skis. So, like, does anyone control the horse? I mean, I've seen videos of people doing this today, and pe- a person is on the horse. But from the Wikipedia page, back when they did this at the Olympics, apparently there was no horse or, or a horse rider. 
So do you just yell, "Hey horse, go!" Take I don't me. know. I didn't. I wasn't there. I, I, I think they should put. This. I think they should put the horse on skis and then like tie a rocket pack to it. <laughs> just oh my goodness! To just no. propel it on skis across like a frozen lake. Oh my god! I just think well, the there's most, no way they'd gallop with skis on. That would be difficult. They don't need to. They have a rocket pack. That's true. But I feel like PETA will have something to say about that. Well, <laughs> Equestrian ski joring is like the most Norwegian thing I've ever read in my life. People that work, people that are part of PETA are insane anyway. Like they'll break into your house and like steal your animals and shit. They're, those people, oh, are, yeah. those people are nuts. Like I yeah. can see for, like certain situations the need for PETA, but sometimes they go absolutely insane with it. I mean, yeah, there's a, yeah. But the Winter Olympics is, is I, I love it. You know, it's over now, but. Um, Isn't it still going? No, today's the last day, and they're, they're just. Gonna oh be man, I can't night. believe I've. <laughs> it's already done, and I've barely well, watched any of it's it. Two whole weeks, you know. I mean, it'll be back soon. The Summer Olympics is going to be in Paris next year, or in two years, and which is really good because Paris hasn't had the Olympics in like eighty years, and didn't France. No, no, no. That was that was London. That was London Games. <laughs> the only country that like seems to get uh, uneven uh, uneven treatment on the Olympics is China. Like they had Beijing literally had the Olympics like twelve years ago and they just got it again. I have no idea how this happens, other than corruption. But like you have other countries that are perfectly valid. Like Paris is a great city to have the Olympics in, but they haven't had the Olympics since like nineteen twenty. You know, there's there's a lot, I don't know. The, to me, the Olympics is such a globe is special because it's so global. Like every country can participate, and because it's so global, they ought to spread it around. Like I can't really see any reason. Well, why. it's also you got to take into account their ability to uh, to host. You know, to be well, able to build I mean, up these facilities and also to be able to accommodate thousands of people coming every single day. Well, it's like fa- the roadways. Apparent. I've heard like you have to have specific. Uh, things taken care of, like being able to, like your roads have to accommodate that many people. You have to have enough businesses to accommodate that many people. It's well, a whole big thing. I don't, I, I don't disagree, and this is not really a, uh, you know, a memorandum on China and the Olympics. But like, I just posted a picture. Like, China is not a suitable place to have the Olympics. I mean, they literally were doing ski jump seventy feet behind a nuclear reactor. <laughs> I just posted yeah, a picture. Crazy. I mean, like this that's is just ex- iconic. That's memorable. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that. I don't. Know, I just feel like no country should get the Olympics that frequently, and I feel the same way about the USA. Like we've had the Olympics like five or six times, and it's like there's a lot of countries. Like we should have it in Mexico. Should be in Canada. Should be in lots of European countries: Australia, Japan, South Korea, China. Like everybody should get it. So, and plus, it gives you an opportunity if you ever like really wanted to go someplace. Like, if you ever, if it was ever your dream to go to Paris, you know, like you could go to Paris and you know, maybe a week you know, before, and do two two things at once. You know, it'd be pretty neat. So, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But Mitsuki, when you were listing off all the places that the Olympics should be, I'm pretty sure all those places had the Olympics within the last 20 years. <laughs> uh, Almost all. You'd be surprised. I mean, because it happened in Canada. Korea just had the Winter Olympics. Japan just had the Summer Olympics. It's in China. And I, I think you've m- mentioned a few others. but, but Let's see. The last yeah. few Olympics is they had it in China, Japan, South Korea, Brazil, Russia, North United Kingdom, Canada, uh, China again, Italy, Greece, USA, Australia again. I know that was the first Australia. Japan again. USA. Has know. Australia never had the, Olymp- the Winter Olympics? Because I feel like um, they're a pretty good place to have the winter olympics i mean they have 
They have a website. You can look this up. It's pretty easily available. Australia has had the Olympics several times, but it seems to always be the summer. Because Australia so. does have the same uh, similar climate to places in the northern hemisphere. I don't. I, honestly, I have no idea how they pick places. I think that they, it's just whoever bribes the Olympic Committee the most, I think, because they're so fucking corrupt. It's so brutal. Mm. But I'm sorry you missed it. It's a lot of fun. We, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I did DVR the opening ceremonies, which I also enjoy watching. I still have not watched that. <laughs> I had plans to watch it before the Olympics ended, but yeah. I just think, no, ah, man, that stinks. I just think people don't watch the Winter Olympics that much because there aren't as many countries that can participate. And it's like only like 30 countries won a medal this year. And in the winter, in the Summer Olympics, it's way more broad. Like you could have, you can have a small country like Costa Rica or something win, in a, win a medal. And that's really cool. But Costa yeah. Rica is not really participating in snowboarding. <laughs> it's, it's just nowhere to do it. So, you know, it's, it also um, feels like summertime. You are ready to see some sporting competition. Wintertime is uh, not really as as a big thing. Yeah, I like I definitely like Winter Olympics better, but I can see the argument for Summer Olympics. So, oh, you know what? I just I made a mistake earlier. You know, when I said like, oh, you know, Australia has a similar climate to people in the northern hemisphere. I totally forget that. When if they it's were to offset. do the Winter Olympics, they'd be in the middle of their summer. I totally yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, you'd have to do it fact. at the end of our year. Yeah, so that would make absolutely no sense. So I mean, they um, could move before, the date. Be, yeah. Well, it, no, they cannot. Yeah. <laughs> in closing, they cannot make the Winter Olympics happen in the middle of June. Why not? I think it'd be neat because it's just not how it is. Well, yeah, that's just your weird uh, northern hemisphere. Yeah. Now, yeah, my your bias. bias. Yeah. yeah. Well, your unreasonable northern Puritan blood. In summary, okay, we got there's a few. The next few Olympic venues are already set, so they're going to do it in in France and Paris in 2024 for the summer. Twenty, the Winter Olympics in 2026 is going to be in Italy, in Milan. Uh, USA is getting the Olympics um, again, which is again too frequent, in my opinion, um, for the summer in Los Angeles in 2028. They don't have the Winter Olympics yet for 2030 set. And then the Summer Olympics for 2023 is, is in Brisbane, Australia. So they've got... So if you want to go to Australia or Los Angeles... See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm kind of glad it comes back to the U.S. because it's easy to go to Los Angeles if you want to and you know, see an event. It's really tough to get to, to Australia. Probably be very expensive. Well, it might be, but it can't be more expensive than flying to Australia. You wouldn't be on a plane for 25 hours either. So... It's sad. Um, did you say your favorite winter sport, Caroline? I don't want to take it from you before. Oh, uh, there's up. there are quite a few interesting ones. I mean, figure skating is the cop out because that one is like the most popular. I feel like, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The snowboarding events are pretty cool, especially pretty you know, the uh, was it? Um, oh, the ones that you actually do tricks in, like half pipe. What's that one? Half pipe. Yes, that's what I was talking half about. Half pipe is pretty cool. So, and they crash mm. really hard too. <laughs> oh, stop talking about that. Well, it's you know, it's see, I don't mind the that stuff, but you can kind of get that at like the X Games or similar stuff. So it's not like I like the sports where you can't see this anywhere else. Where else do you find bobsledding or like curling? Nowhere. Do you? So. Uh, I feel like nobody knows the rules of curling. <laughs> curling I, is the easiest rules ever. Yeah, I know the rules. In fact. Uh, Kazuo and I took took two months of curling lessons after the last Winter Olympics. You guys, you were a curling team. 
Well, I mean, we, we were trying to do curling. It's fucking, it's unbelievably hard. I don't know how these people even do it the way they do it. It's, it's, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's, mm. it's, it's freakish level of difficulty. So to, to say we, did I just curling, think of it like shuffleboard on ice. I mean, have you ever played bocce ball? <laughs> Yeah, no. but it's way harder. It's than just that. bocce ball. Oh my nice. god, it is so not bocce ball. Well, it's How the about same rules. Board? It, it, it's literally. Listen, I know we're going over time here, but like getting in that lunge and sliding the stupid fucking rock thing, even even just do, even moving the damn rock is hard. Like if you shuffleboard, you just fucking throw the thing down the thing. It, it's it's you. It's literally hard to even move the damn rock. How heavy is it? <laughs> It's like well, 40 pounds, I thought. It's oh pretty gosh. heavy, but that's not why it's difficult. It's, you know, it's hard to slide on. It's hard to slide on ice while accurately doing anything. I don't know. It's just well, a weird. Well, you're just a Florida boy. Well, you know how it is. You weren't raised <laughs> on ice good. like me. I was bad at it. I'll <laughs> say that. So maybe you'd be better, uh, Mason, but I also can't ice skate, so. Wow. Yeah, we just like, like went off the very... rails. That's okay. Though. That was fun. You know what? It actually ended up being better than usual. So you know what? I take back my opening statements. You're welcome, audience. Well, too well, bad we're not going to talk about the Cuphead show. I can save it for another day. I, I will say that the Winter Olympics is over, but in just a short while, you're going to have March Madness, which is going to be awesome. And then after that, you have World Cup Soccer, which is probably the best sport, a sporting event that we have, period. And then, you know, right after that, it's, we're back to our normal sports. So it's going to be a pretty amazing, like, sports, quote-unquote, off-season, you know, aside from hockey for, uh, for sports. There's a lot of stuff to watch that's, you know, kind of special. So enjoy all of that. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>